Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Holy Spirit, we're getting ready to look in your word. We're getting ready to open up your scripture. And it's living. It's active. I'm praying that your anointing on Reverend Wilson will be a blessing to this congregation. That you will use her to be able to open up your word in a way that will bring forth a truth that will surprise us and shock us. And for that, Lord, we'll be grateful. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You can be seated. Uh, in our church, we've got a little group. It's a group of about um, six or seven emerging ministers. And these emerging ministers are from a group that I call PRISM because right here on the bottom of this pulpit, I've got written pulpit as PRISM. That means that the light of God's word, I see it, shines into this pulpit. Whoever's prepared to refract that light is the person that's the prism that the word of God is refracting to. And in a thousand points of light in different ways, it's being seen and heard and understood differently. And as the light, the purity of the word of God comes in, it refracts and goes out. That's why I believe that this pulpit and preaching is a prism. And that's why this group of five to seven or so are gathered together. And Felicia is one of them, recently minted as a credentialed, professional credentialed minister. I wanna welcome Reverend Wilson to the pulpit today. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Great to be here. Uh, Before I get started, I just want to open in prayer. I appreciate that prayer that Pastor Steve uh, prayed just now, but uh, I know for me, I need to get my own head together right here. (laughs) So let's pray. Lord, I thank you and I praise your holy name. You are such a holy, you're a wonderful God. We thank you, Lord God, for your anointing that you have rained down on us today, oh God. Lord God, I pray that your voice is the voice that is heard today, Lord God, and not my voice. That I I would decrease, Lord God, as you increase, because your voice is the only voice that is important to be heard today, oh God. And I thank you, Lord God, for preparing each and every heart to receive your word that you have prepared, Lord God, that will allow us to go out into this world, Lord God, and do what you have called each of us to do. I thank you, and I praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Today is the first lesson of a series that we're starting called Stewardship. And so when it deals with stewardship, it deals with your time, your talents, and your treasures. So let's talk about stewardship for, 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 for a second here. Stewardship is the responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. The conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So if we think about stewardship, if we even leave someone as a, a, in our home as a babysitter, they're, right at that point, they're being a steward of our child. They're taking care of our child. We are trusting them to take care of our child. We're trusting them to take care of our home because they're, if they're coming into our home to take care of our children, then we're, in, we're trusting them to take care of that also. So stewardship is just being able to manage something that is valuable, that is entrusted in your care. 
Um, not only are we to be good stewards, but we are required to be trustworthy. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 says, Let a man regard us in this manner, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. One be found trustworthy. So can we all look at ourselves and be able to say, I am a trustworthy uh, steward? Please don't answer. Please don't answer. <laughs> but we have to look at our own hearts. We have to know. We know about ourselves, whether we say it or not. We know about ourselves. Am I a trustworthy steward? Right? God has entrusted us with many things. As Christians, he has entrusted us with several things. But the thing we're going to focus on today is time. To be good stewards of time. Being a good steward means to be careful, responsible manager of the time that God has given to each of us. When we think about time, you know, in this busy world that we live in, when we think about time, what is, what, some of the things that we think of is the lack of time. I don't have time to get this done. Somebody asked me to do something, I don't have time for that. Um, certain amount of time that you have to accomplish something. Do I have time to finish this task? Do I want to start this task because I don't have time to finish it? We think about deadlines. You know, I tend to be a deadline-driven person, which is not a good thing necessarily, but we think about deadlines. Do I have time? Am I going to meet this time? Am I going to meet this time constraint that is on me to complete this task? Do I have enough time? So most of the time, most of, when we think about our time, it's always in a negative light. It's a negative light because we always think of we don't have enough time. Our time is valuable and worth caring for. An example is you can't serve with your talents in the kingdom without giving of your time. So when you decide to go and work in CK, not only are you giving your talents of caring for the children, but you're giving up your time to care for the children. Colossians 4 and 5 says, walk in wisdom uh, toward outsiders, making the best use of time. This is specifically talking about being a good time manager. He cautions the church to uh, make the best use of your time uh, that we've been given. None of us knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So how can we manage the time that's coming tomorrow if we haven't even managed the time that's here right now? We don't even know what's going to happen this afternoon. We can't see in the future. So if we don't, if we can't, if we don't know what's going to happen, then we need to make the best use of what the time that we have right now in the present, right? So I, um, we have to think about the time and when it comes to the span of our lifetime. It seems like it's a very long time. Sometimes it does. James 4.14 says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Did, did you ever really think of your lifetime that you're only a mist? Because if you, when, when it's raining outside and then it gets to that point where it's just misting outside, you think about that little mist just disappears very quickly. So we are a mist that vanishes quickly. Um, we should all remember how short our time is. So if we think about how short our time is, then that would make us more conscious to be good stewards of the time that we have, correct? Um, 1 Peter 
4 and 10 tells us that as we receive the gift, that we are to minister it to one another. So when we talk about the gift of time, because time is a gift to us. So we think about the time, the ministry of, I mean, the gift of time as how can we minister that to other people? We minister it to others by serving them. That's one way of ministering to our time to others is just to be able to serve them. Do some things for some other people. Do some things for people. Taking the time to just sit and talk. Have a conversation with somebody that may not have the opportunity to have much time to spend with other people. So you just sit and have a conversation with them. Think about people that are uh, uh, sick and shut in and, and don't have that exposure to people on a regular basis. We all have that. We all want to talk because y'all, anybody knows me know I want to talk. <laughs> so we all want to talk. So if somebody's sick and shut in and they don't get exposed to uh, many people, we can spend some time and go minister to them with our time and just sit and have a conversation with them. Also, just listening. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Listening. Listening. Just, just spending time with people. That's how we can minister the gift of time to others, by just spending time with people. If we can learn to have a better understanding of the concept of time, we can learn how to be able to take full advantage of it, correct? So time, time, time. How should we be spending our time? I'm not here to tell you that you should be praying more. I know y'all was waiting for me to say that, wasn't you? I'm not here to tell you that you should be praying more. I'm not here to tell you that you should be reading your Bible more. I'm not here to tell you you should be witnessing to others more or even serving others more. I'm not here to tell you those things. But what I am here to tell you is that we all have different things that we're assigned to do. God has called each of us to different assignments, but all towards the same goal, which is his kingdom. All towards the same goal. The absolute very best way to be a good steward of your time is to be available to God. Be available to God. So what does that mean, to be available to God? Does that mean I should spend all of my free time reading the Bible? Does it say I should spend all of my free time praying? But keep in mind, the Bible does tell us, uh, pray without ceasing. Does it mean that I should spend all my free time serving? Or even witnessing? Well, I got an answer for you. The answer is yes and no. Now, you didn't want that answer, did you? <laughs> the answer is yes and no. I can't tell you how to fill your time. But I can tell you, if you make yourself available to God, he will guide you and show you how to be a good steward of your time. To make yourself available to God. So to be available means to be present and ready for immediate use. He didn't say delayed use. I didn't say delayed use. I said ready and available for immediate use. Hmm. I see some faces out there that looks like you're thinking about your day. You're thinking about all the things that you have going on and wondering, hmm, am I available and ready for immediate use? Am I? So in Genesis 6 and 7, God called Noah. He told Noah to build an ark. Y'all, if you remember the story, the ark was giant. 
So if he told Noah to build the ark, that was no small task. But what did Noah do? Scripture tells us Noah did it. He did what God told him to do. Abraham. In Genesis 12, God told Abram, get up from your father's house and go to the place where I'm sending you. Go to the place that I am sending you. Scripture tells us, no, I mean, Abraham did just that. He packed up his things and he went, going where God told him to go. Moses. In Exodus 3 and 4, God told Moses to go back to Egypt. You know, back to that place where people was trying to kill him. Go back to Egypt to free my people. I know I would have been like, hold up, God, those people want me dead. But Moses did what God told him to do. He had some questions, and that's not to say we won't have questions. He had some questions. God answered his questions. He had hesitation. God had an answer for that. But he did what God told him to do. Joshua 1, God tells Joshua, get the people, cross over to Jordan, and go back, go take the land back that I have promised you. What does he do? He goes. He up, he just does what God tells him to do. In the book of Judges, Deborah Deborah leads the army of Israel into battle. When God tells you to do something, God means for you to do it. In the book of 1 Samuel, as a young boy, God, uh, Samuel had to minister to Eli. Something that God had already sent another prophet to Eli to minister to him, but he had Samuel as a young boy minister that same thing to him and to let him know the fate of his, uh, of his family because of the things that have been going on. But God told Samuel to say some things, and Samuel did what God told him to do, and he became a mighty man of God. And we can't forget Mary in Luke 1. When the angel appeared to her to tell her that she was going to be the mother of the Son of, the son of God, she said, let it be unto you. Let it be done according to your word. Let it be done according to your There's so many more examples that I can give of people in the Bible that God told to do something. And they did it. So where does this go back to our time? Each of the people that I mentioned, they wasn't sitting around, chilling, in their lounge chair saying, waiting for God to tell me to do something. They wasn't doing that. They wasn't just hanging around, just waiting for something. They were living their life. They was being farmers. They was being carpenters. They was doing what they do. They was hanging with their family. They was tending their flocks. They was living their life. Think about us living our life. Some of our lives are very busy. We're living our life. But that doesn't mean they were not ready and available, available for immediate use. Because they were. Because when God spoke to them, no matter what they had going on, what he had for them to do was more important than what they were already doing. So he managed, they, they allowed him to manage their time. They, they allowed him to guide them and they were obedient to his word. So that's how he managed their time. 
but they had to say yes. They had to say yes. <clears throat> when God called, they were ready and for immediate use. They were available to say, and, and they didn't say, um, hold up, God, let me finish eating first, and then I'll go do what you told me to do. That ain't what they said. They didn't say, um, I'll take care of that tomorrow. It says immediate. That, ain't, that, ain't what they, that wasn't their response. They didn't say, uh, Lord, this time is not working for me. That's not what they said. They were available for immediate use. We all struggle with this at some point. And we all struggle with this at some point over and over and over again. Just wanted to give a, a short testimony as to a time in my life that I knew, that I realized that I was unavailable to God. I was busy serving in my church. I was, I didn't even think about the fact that I was not being responsive to God. I was working full time. I was serving in multiple ministries at my church. I was attending Bible studies. I was attending leadership meetings. I was attending prayer meeting. I was doing what I thought God wanted me to do. I was managing our home, which me and my husband, we had two small children at the time. And you know, that right there takes up a lot of your time right there. It takes a lot of time and energy. So I thought I was doing what God was telling me to do. I was going on, living my life, thinking that I was doing the right thing. And then I attended a, a ladies' event. And one of the ladies there, she started singing, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say to use me, Lord. But I wasn't. When I heard those words, it just tore me to pieces. I felt so condemned and so convicted because I knew I was not responding to God. I was using all the things that I said I was doing for him as an excuse not to do what he was telling me to do. How many of us, we do this all the time? Well, I'm already doing this. I'm not saying if, I, if somebody comes and tells you, well, you need to start doing this and you need to start doing this. We need, to, we need to take this up with God. We need to take it up with God. But I knew personally that I was using it as an excuse. I had a, uh, a, a, a dinner planned with, one of, with my mentor at the time, and she was coming over, and she always went to prayer meeting. Without any question, she went to prayer meeting. At that time, I wasn't going to prayer meeting yet. And I knew when she comes over and we finish dinner, and if I don't have a reason for not going to prayer meeting, she's going to want to know what it is. I could not think of any excuse not to go to prayer meeting because I did not want to go. So because I couldn't come up with an excuse, I went on and made plans. Let me just go ahead and go because I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. But I knew that I was not responding to God. So I was not available for immediate use by him. He couldn't use me for what he wanted to use me for because I was busy. You ever get that phone call? Well, back in the day, let me just say that, when you'd call somebody and you get that bump, 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 because the line is busy. 
That's not a good feeling when you need to get in touch with somebody and the line is busy. Think about God calling you. Is the line busy? Is the line busy? So once I realized that the only thing I could do was repent, I can't go back. I can't go back and change nothing that has already happened. All I could do was repent. And God forgive me being the forgiving God that he is and allowed me to move forward. And it made me more conscious of me being available for him. Me more conscious of how am I spending my time? Am I, am I not doing what God is calling me to do and telling me to do? So my questions for you today, I have a few questions for you today. When God wakes you up at 2 a.m. to pray, are you available? Are you available? When God tells you to go visit someone, when you're already planning on going shopping, you're already on your way out the door, I'm about to go get my shopping on. But God is like, no, you need to go uh, pray with this person. You need to go uh, visit this, this person that's sick. Are you available? He just interrupted your day. Are you available? When God tells you to move from one state to another, he tells you to move from Maryland to California or Maryland to Texas, are you available? Are you available? When he tells you to get out of your comfort zone, when you're used to serving in the back, but he pulls you to the forefront, are you available? Are we going to do what he's telling us to do? Or are we going to allow him to guide us, and are we going to be obedient to what he is telling us to do, or are we going to be too busy? Are we going to be too busy? We have to allow him to be the manager of our time. If he wants us to be a good steward, he tells us to be a good steward. So, of course, he's going to be involved with it. When we, teach, when we tell our kids we need them to do something, we're involved in teaching them how. And he does the same thing. He's involved in teaching us how. He don't just say, go do it and just leave you on your own. He will help you, but you have to be willing and available and allow him to teach you the things that he wants to teach you. Are we too busy and are our plans more important than his plans? I'm sorry, but you know, there are times when I can think back that I thought my plans was more important than his plans. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. We don't want to say these things out of our mouth, but our heart says so. And you know if that's an area that God has been dealing with you in on being available for him to be able to manage your time, to be able to tell you what he wants you to do. Because think about it, we, we're, we're limited in our view. God is not limited in, our, in his view. So if he tells us to go and pray for this person that's out there, he knows that something is going on out there that we may not know about. We may not see the danger, but he sees it. So if he tells us to pray for that person, he needs us to do it now. He don't want us to delay. He wants immediate use. And are we available for his, for his immediate use so that he can manage our time? Because we are to be good stewards. And when, most of the time when we're thinking about just being a good steward, it's okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do but are you doing what he wants you to do?
Are we doing what he wants us to do? So we have to always think about, always think about, God's plan is more important than my plan. His plan is first. All the time, not sometime, but his plan is first. Please stand with me. God does not just tell us to be good stewards of our time, but he helps us. And how does he help us? When you least expect it, you feel this sudden urge to pray. You feel this sudden urge to to pray and pray hard because we don't always know what we're praying for, but he does. Sometimes you have that certain urge to just start worshiping. Sometimes if you feel like you're in, a, you're in an odd place or odd location and that urge to worship, but you can't hold it back. You just have to worship. Is that how God communicates with you? Reading your Bible. He speaks to us through his own word. How is he leading us? So however God chooses to communicate with you, whether it's sometimes you hear that still, small voice. He communicates with us through his word. He communicates us with us through others. However God communicates with you, be obedient to his word. Allow him to guide you. Be available to him. We need to learn. We have to learn to recognize his guidance and be obedient to it. So as we get ready for spiritual response today, it is time for us to respond. If God has been moving on your heart, and you know this is an area that you've been struggling with, and when you look at your own schedule, you think, I don't know, I don't know what else I can give. But God does, because he knows how to manage your schedule. So we can take our hands off of it and stop trying to control and manage our own schedules and allow God to do it. Allow God to manage your schedule. Allow God to to just step into your life, step into your every day. He wants to be part of your every day, not just your Sunday morning. 